Possum Podcast. Toot toot. Hey, Mr. Possum. Hey. Did you know that the word fool is not in the dictionary? Mm, sounds dubious. What do you mean, not in the dictionary? Like some dictionaries or what? Just not in the dictionary at all? It's not in the actual dictionary. It sounds like you got a fake dictionary. Sounds like you got a joke dictionary. No, no, it's just that it's it's a word everybody thinks is a word, but uh, but I guess it's not really a word. I, I, I actually don't even know why it's not in the dictionary. It, it's just not there, Mr. Possum. Here, I've got a mm-hmm. dictionary right here. Why don't you look for yeah. the word fool in there? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm 100% sure you're not going to find it. In the pages of this dictionary. Yeah, when you said the dictionary, I figured you meant your dictionary. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why it might not be in there. You might have ripped it out. You might be overlooking it. No, 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 they they just didn't include it. They didn't include that word for, for some reason. Hmm. You, you can go ahead and check. Go Just just open it up. Just go go check right now. I'm sure you'd love for me to look in there, Big Al, but I, I ain't gonna do it, because I'm sure there's a picture of me right there, and I'm not falling for that. Now, Mr. Possum, I'm not about to deface... A hardbound book that I own. I mean, I'm, I might want to resell that at some point. I'm not about to draw a picture in it. I could get 15 bucks for that thing. Just, just open it up. Look inside it. Look for the word fool under F. All right, I'll do it because you're going to feel foolish when you realize you've overlooked it in your own dictionary. Give me that thing. Yeah, yeah. Here he goes. Here he goes, folks. He's going to open it. All right. Looking through the Fs. Oh, yeah, it's in there, Big Al. <laughs> he did it. He did it. I got him, folks. Oh, he's been got. I fooled you. I fooled you into thinking that fool wasn't in the dictionary. Well, Big Al, you didn't fool me, so you can calm right down. I got you to open the book, didn't I? Well, yeah, I opened it because I could tell you were going to hound me about it until I opened it up. It's not because I fell for nothing. I did it just to stop this farce. I don't like all this foolishness. Listen to this guy. Guy knows he's been got. <laughs> well, you are the king of jokes. Yeah. Anyway, now that you've been revealed, Mr. Possum, to be one of the modern era's greatest fools, uh, because you thought fool wasn't in the dictionary, let's talk about some of history's greatest fools tonight on the show. What do you think? Okay, I, I, I like the idea of a little history lesson show. I like this. So when we come back, we are going to start talking about some of the biggest uh, clods, fools, dummies, ding-dongs, in the history of mankind. We'll be right back after this. We are reviewing some of history's greatest fools. And here's an absolute fool to tell you about the first one, Big Hell. I'm not a fool, but this guy is that I'm about to talk about. Okay. 
Walter Hunt. Let me tell you about Walter Hunt, Mr. Possum. Please do. He was born in 1796. He was an innovator and mechanic. He invented a type of fountain pen, a knife sharpener, an ice plow. Much cool stuff that made our lives easier. But he had another notable invention, the safety pin, the patent for which he sold for just $400. Guy never saw a dime from later sales of safety pins. Now they're in kitchens and sewing rooms all over the country. But here's what makes him one of history's biggest fools. You ever been pricked by a pin, Mr. Possum? Sure. Yeah. Lots of times. Yeah. You get pricked all the time. It's not a big deal. I get stuck by pins every time I go to the tailor or whenever I go to Chester's Tavern on amateur acupuncture night. It's not a big deal. Sometimes it's even good for you. Tell a doctor you don't want to be pricked by a pin or a needle. They're going to have some problems with that. But here this guy is, and he's so scared of the dang things, he invents a safety pin. Oh, I need a safety mm-hmm. pin. I tell you what, guys from the 1800s get softer every day, Mr. Possum. Let's give this guy a participation trophy for inventing a pin cowards can use. Mr. Possum, why don't you tell us about some dunce from history? All right, Big Al, I can dunce if I want to. Now, Big Al, if you ask me, one of history's greatest fools is a man named... Skeeter DeMilo. <laughs> Skeeter DeMilo, famous for importing mosquitoes to America. Yeah. That's right. That's why they called him Skeeter. Yes, that's why they called him Skeeter. DeMilo was just because he was handsome. He was a handsome man who had a lot of rivals, as handsome men do. And one day he got a whole boat full of mosquitoes that come over to America. And nobody's really sure why he did it. Yeah. Was it some kind of practical joke? Boy, there is a boat I do not want to be on, by the way. Who we? The, the, what would that ship be called? It'd be called the USS SWAT or something, or like the, mm-hmm. the Blood Bag Express. The Santa, the Santa Malaria. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> dude, good. Dude, I like That's that. Pretty That's pretty good, right? Good. That's very good. That's off the top of my head. Man, man, you should. You should think more. That's good. I like that. <laughs> now, nobody really knows why Skeeter did this. Some say he did it to unleash them on his rivals. Because as I said, he was a hunk and he had a lot of rivals. Uh-huh. And some say Skeeter was part frog. And he just wanted some new bugs to eat. Yeah. Now, I th- that's an interesting detail to me. Because all the historical documents say that Skeeter DeMilo was a real looker. Yeah. And then... Some people are like, oh, maybe he was part frog. Well, how can you be, like, mistaken for a frog and also be famously handsome, Big Hal? Those things don't really mix. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what, what features of a frog would make a man handsome, I guess, is where we should start. Now, I will say big eyes are a feature of frog that I think big eyes are generally considered to be a, 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 an attractive trait, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Definitely better than eyes being too small for your face. It was his, or his nose could have been right in between his eyes. Yeah. Which is a frog thing, which is kind of weird looking and not very handsome, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. I think it's probably not the nose. Also, a big mouth and a long tongue. Now, Mm -hmm. big mouth and long tongue, I think uh, that makes me think of Gene Simmons. By all accounts, a very handsome man uh, who could uh, who could get any lady he wanted in his prime. 
So, uh, you know, like let's let's say uh, Gene, Gene Simmons is probably more parts frog than like I am, right? Yeah, he's probably closer yeah. related to a frog than I am. And let's say this uh, let's say this Skeeter DeMilo guy. Let's say he was all that much more closer to a frog than even Gene Simmons. Okay, well that checks out. He's probably just a handsome frog guy. And he yeah. was not thinking, and he just brought some mosquitoes in, either to bug people or to, to bug himself, to eat a bunch of bugs. Now, one problem with this is the more we make him into a frog, the less foolish he is. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, it would make practical sense for a frog to bring in a whole mess of skeeters, especially when your name is Skeeter. Yeah. But it's still a really regrettable, foolish move in hindsight for the rest of us. Yeah. Because I don't like mosquitoes, and guess what? No one else does, unless you're part frog. the next ding-dong on your list? You ever heard of Bill Watterson, Mr. Possum? Hmm, rings a bell. He's the guy who invented that little dude you see peeing on stuff on the back of people's cars. Oh, I love it. He must be rich as heck, you're saying to yourself. He must have an empire built out of that little angry kid peeing. But nope, this guy absolutely refused to take any money for all the Calvin stickers and knockoff merchandise that's out there. He just quit drawing stuff entirely and retired to some cabin up there in the woods uh, in Vermont or somewhere. Probably hangs out with his wife and reads books and does puzzles and stuff. What an idiot. He could be circumnavigating the globe on a yacht fueled by pea stickers. Heck, the yacht itself could be covered in pea stickers, Mr. Possum. Calvin could be peeing on the version of him that doesn't have any ambition. This is interesting to me, Big Hal, and I hate to pick on you. But it seems like he's kind of living the dream. Like, he's not doing much now. It isn't for, for starters. Isn't that what you want to do? Don't I've never seen you try to build a blimp and go around the world. Well, I mean, I would love to have enough money for someone else to build me a blimp that I could then just ride around the world and get cool, uh, get cool Instagram posts out of. Oh, yeah, the cloud picks alone. I would love to be a rich influencer. I've just never drawn a character that anybody wanted to steal from me. What if we made little stickers of you peeing on stuff, Mr. Possum? And what if I got all the money from it? Well, if it's tasteful, Big Al, I don't want you to show my privates, and I prefer it if I'm peeing in a toilet. I mean, that would make it funnier, too, because it's like, what? Possum's using a bathroom? That's wild. Well, I mean, it would, it would then imply that you and whoever has the sticker hates toilets. That's what the, that's what the uh, implication of that sticker would be. Yeah, somehow I think you're... you're possum sticker anti-toilet campaign is not going to get you that blimp money you're hoping for. Yeah. Mr. Possum, who's the next uh, Who's the next fool you want to talk about? Well, Big Hal, if we're talking about history's greatest fools, we've got to talk about Mr. Baba O'Reilly. Okay, yeah. As a teenager living in a small town in America in the 1700s, Baba O'Reilly met a leprechaun in a fortuitous event. He caught the little magic man relieving himself behind a tree and saw his gold unattended. Naturally, he tried to steal the gold, but the leprechaun, unable to move at the time, 
bargained with him and said, if you don't steal my gold, I'll give you another treasure instead. Now, Baba should have just stolen that gold and been done with it. Yeah. But he's a, but he's a fool. He's a foolish boy. And he figured, hey, this could be even better than gold, which didn't make sense because mm. ain't nothing better than gold. Yeah. Ain't nothing better than gold. It's only going to go up in value. Of course. Watch it shine. If nothing else, it's great. It's great. It's gold. We've talked about gold all the time on the show. Back then, it was nature's movie screen. Yes. You just watch it shine. Mm-hmm. So he said, I accept your deal. Now, what's this fortune you're going to give me? And the leprechaun said, well, instead of the gold, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an auto parts store. And it's going to make you millions of dollars. And he's like, what's that? And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. So automobiles wouldn't be invented for hundreds of years. But uh-huh. Baba went home, and he just had the keys to this empty auto parts store. And him and his family just worked there, and there wasn't anything to sell there. It was just an empty room. Right. He had an auto parts store, but there's no autos. Right. And there's nobody making the parts. Yeah, it's amazing that they survived because that was their job and they didn't really sell nothing. They might probably yeah. had dust casserole every night for dinner. They must have had candies in there or something at the at the checkout. They must have just gotten by on that. Right, they sold everything else that O'Reilly's sells. You know, he got little candies and, you know, air fresheners and stuff like that, but no auto parts. Right. And then after all that, The Who wrote a song about him. It's called Bob O'Reilly. Now, presumably that's the O'Reilly's auto parts that continue to exist until this day. Uh, well, yes, that's the very real history that I looked up. Can you imagine how excited you would be if you've been running an O'Reilly's auto parts for 200 years, and then you open up the paper one morning and the automobile has been invented? Oh, happy day. Yeah. I get to go to work. What a boon to the auto parts industry is what people were saying when the automobile was invented. You're just looking at the picture of the automobile in the paper and you're going, okay, well, we're going to need to get some of those. We're going to need some of these over here. We're going to need to pick up some of these. (laughs) And buy the parts that make them, you know, the screws and stuff that put these things together and we're going to make us a killing. Well, a couple of light bulbs there at the front. Okay, all right. We could probably just go get those at the grocery. That's probably how they came up with their little song is they were looking at the paper together and they saw that automobile, this uh, picture, and he was like, oh, oh. Oh, O'Reilly's! Big Al, who you got next for us? Ernest Serene. Hmm. Ernest Serene. Now, I know that sounds like a division of Hallmark cards, Uh but that's a feller's name. And it's the guy who invented the traffic stoplight. Green means go. Red means stop. Yellow means get out of the intersection by any means necessary. That's all Ernest Serene's doing. Pretty good invention, right? Probably saved everybody some money on vehicle repair. Probably saved some lives. So why is he one of humanity's biggest fools? Well, because he missed a fairly obvious detail. 
what if I'm changing the radio station? What if I get stopped at this light every day on my way to work and I know it takes a full minute and a half to change? So I pull out a newspaper. <laughs> what if I pull out my phone real quick because I've forgotten the name of the guy who invented flaming Hot Cheetos? What if I'm not looking at the light for any other reason? What if it turns green and the people behind me, they now think I'm one of humanity's biggest fools. And they start honking at me because I'm not moving. And that makes me angry, makes me feel like a fool. And that anger then gets transferred over to every service worker that makes my life livable for the rest of the day. Ernest Serene created a new type of interaction that spoils millions of people's days every day. And all because he didn't think to put a bell up there that dings when the light turns green. Just give me a ding, man. It's crazy living in the world today. There's so much going on. A lot of problems that we need to face if we're gonna get along. It's time to make things better. It's time to make a positive change. Life could be so much easier if we start using our brains. I was waiting on a stoplight down on 6th, reading in my phone about the behavior of squids. Their mating habits seem regressive to me. Then I heard a honk because the light was green. Stoplights should ding when they turn green. They should let you know that they're changing. You should know that it's green when you hear it ding, ding, ding. The honk made an angry sound, embarrassed me in front of everyone around. And as the shame rippled down that busy street, the fabric of society pulled apart at the seams. So why not give us a ding? It's time to make things better A nicer world could be close at hand It's time to let people know that the light is green Without honking at a good-natured man Stoplights should ding when they turn green They should let you know that they're changing You should know that it's green when you hear it ding ding Stoplights should ding when they turn green They should let you know that they're changing You should know that it's green you hear a ding, ding, ding. Give me a ding when it's green. Give me a ding, ding, ding when it's green. Give me a ding when it's green. Give me a ding, ding. Ding when it's green. Give me a ding. Mr. Possum, who you got next? Well, I should have said this one first because he is surely history's greatest fool. The Pillsbury Doughboy. Oh, man, you're always going on about the Pillsbury Doughboy. You know who I'm talking about. He's a little feller what's made of biscuit dough, uncooked and nasty. Walking around even though there's no way he's got bones. He's just dough. So you know he's tough. 
He wears a little chef's hat, but he ain't no chef. He don't cook nothing. He just walks around. He's like, touch my belly. I'll laugh. I'm so ticklish. And then, then he lets people touch his belly with their nasty, filthy people hands. Ugh. If you tried to cook him, he would be unsafe for human consumption. He's gross. He's tough. And he's a fake chef. He'd make a nasty biscuit, and we all know it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you think that makes him a fool? Oh, yeah, he's a fool, all right. Mr. Possum, it sounds to me like you just don't like the guy. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. He's obviously very successful. Mm. I can't think of a reason why he would count among the great fools of history, uh, except for the fact that you don't like him personally. No, I can't stand him. Every time I see him, I roll down my window in my truck and I say, hey, fool, and then I gun the gas and I drive off. Uh-huh. I call him a sucker, too. Sucker. Hey, turkey. You wish you was a turkey. So this little lump of bread <laughs> who's made himself a better life than you have is out there probably shopping for his girlfriend who's a model. And you drive by, and you call him a fool. Mm -hmm. And a turkey. And, and you think that makes him one of mankind's biggest fools. Yeah. Mr. Possum, can I ask you, did you by chance audition for the role of the Pillsbury guy? That's... And not get it? It's That's a coincidence. Yes, everybody auditioned for that. So, big deal. I almost got the job, but big deal. Uh-huh. And do you feel like maybe you didn't get the role because you're not a little guy made of bread? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I nailed it. I walked in there. I was like, want a biscuit? And they were like, actually, no, we're looking for you to be ticklish. I'm like, why are you touching me? And they're like, here, get, show us your belly. We're going to tickle you. I said, uh-uh. I ain't going to let no director poke my belly during an audition. And they tried to anyway. And they just get to poking at me. I said, you quit. You're going to poke Ricky. And they said, who's Ricky? I said, that's my nephew. I'm watching him. For my sister. It's my sister's kid, Ricky. And they said, why'd you bring Ricky to this audition? I said, why you want to touch my belly? And then we got into an argument, and I showed him my teeth, and they poked Ricky, and he started screaming. It was it was a real nightmare. Yeah. Well, I will say this, Mr. Possum, that does, that hearing that whole story does kind of make me want a biscuit. So mm. maybe you would have been a good Pillsbury Doughboy. On the Big Allen Possum Radio Hour, we are talking about history's greatest fools. Big Al, who you got next, fool? The next great fool of history, and I want to talk about Mr. Possum, is Mayor Ed Koch of New York City. This guy was one of the biggest fools to ever live. Oh, okay. Was he a, was he a bad mayor or something, or what? Uh, probably, I guess. I mean, they're all bad, I think. I don't really know what he did as mayor. I don't know what his deal was. I don't know what, what, what he did uh, there. But that's not what makes him a fool, Mr. Possum. The mayor thing is kind of irrelevant. Okay. What makes him a fool is this piece that he wrote 
in the Atlantic magazine on December 21st, 2010. It's a film review of the movie Avatar, which begins with the words, I did not like this film at all. And the review that follows has me asking, did you even see the film, Ed? Did you watch Avatar? Did you let it into your brain at all? He says, the movie quickly turns into a cowboy versus Indians type of picture. What? No, it doesn't. It's not a cowboy picture. Doesn't take place in the Old West. Doesn't even take place on this planet. Takes place somewhere else, Ed. A planet called Pandora. Now, I think if you were going to review a movie, Mr. Possum, you would at least want to get the setting right. Am I, am I wrong there? No, you are not wrong. The planet they're on is called Pandora. Look it up. Get your Google out. And then he says, while this movie is intended for every age group, correct for once, Ed, he says, I believe the pitch is for adults and the intent is to create a sense of guilt. Wrong. Sorry, they didn't hand you guilt glasses when you walked into the theater, Ed. They handed you 3D glasses so that you could have an immersive, natural experience. The pitch is for you to see the wonder of Pandora and to learn that what makes you a man isn't the color of your skin or your job or how well your legs work. Sometimes a man is just a big blue guy being operated by someone in a tanning bed a couple of miles away. Open up your cynical heart to some new truths, Ed Koch, former mayor of New York City. Uh-huh. Get him. And then finally he says, the film is the brainchild of James Cameron, who also wrote and directed Titanic. I would have preferred if he had given us Titanic 2. <laughs> wow, Titanic 2, come on. And here I just have to laugh, Mr. Possum. Titanic 2. Titanic 2. Did you miss the first one, Ed? Did you run to the bathroom for the second half of Titanic, Ed? The boat sinks. There can't be a Titanic 2. The boat's gone. I just hate it when reviewers clearly don't know anything about movies, Mr. Possum. Yeah, I mean, it's a story about a boat that died. When that boat died, it was just the most heartbreaking scene I'd ever seen. Yeah. Just split in half, and it's just, oh, just to see a boat slowly die. It's awful. Now... It's not inconceivable that James Cameron could have imagined that while it was dying, the boat could have given birth to another smaller boat. That would be Baby Titanic. Right. But of course, that next movie would be called Baby Titanic, not Titanic 2. Well, you could do a cutesy title where it's like Titanic T-O-O. It's like, I'm Titanic 2, just like my daddy. I'm just a smaller boat. Honk, honk. Or what about this? How about, it's a tot. It's like a little, uh, you know, it's a little version of the Titanic, but it'd be called the Titanic. Oh, I like that. Titanic. We're gonna need a smaller boat.
Mr. Possum, I think you've got another fool for us. All right. Now, I'm not saying the other fools I've mentioned aren't real. They're just a little more made up, you know. <laughs> now, this one's real. How you Now, the, our listeners out there, they can go and Google this guy. He's real. Yeah. Like, really real. Not like Possum real. Real. His name was Roland the Farter. And he was one of history's most famous fools, but not like in a negative way. He was a court jester. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. He was an actual fool. Like, fool was on his business card. Right. He was. It's when he filled out his taxes under occupation, he wrote fool. Right. You know, he was a pro. He was a court jester for King Henry II. Now, Roland the Farter, he did this Christmas time show, Big Al. And the big finale that these royals looked forward to all year was him simultaneously jumping in the air, farting, and tooting the flute at the same time. Now, can you imagine? Put that together. Can you imagine? That's that's his Christmas program. Right. So before Tchaikovsky wrote The Nutcracker, the way that people celebrated Christmas was they would go and see a guy fart and jump in the air at the same time. And and to the flute. Yeah. I mean, it, let's not leave that out. This guy, Roland, he was it was he performed the first toot toot in history. Because when you're just jumping in the air and you're farting and you're tooting that flute at the same time, that's a double toot. That sure is toot toot. Now this is just his Christmas time show. Can you imagine what he did for bachelor parties and birthdays? It was probably way more ribald. Yeah, probably. That is uh, fascinating. Do you th- do you imagine? Um, I I would imagine that a guy like him would have some kind of uh, backup plan or enhancement for off days. You know, like I imagine he might have had a couple whoopee cushions on him in case he needed. You know, <laughs> in case he needed to augment his performance in some way. You know. Yeah, it's a risky move though, being a court jester and. Dialing in your toots like that, because, you know, they likely chop your head off for that stuff. They're like, what is this, a a false wind? Get the sword. Yeah. And then they're like, what's the crime? He's like, false wind in my house. He faked the funk on a nasty dunk. Off with his head. Stuff like that. Big Al, who's your last fool? You ever hear of Vlad the Impaler, Mr. Possum? Uh, yeah. You know, Vlad the Impaler? Dracula? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vlad Dracul, sure. Yeah, some people call him that. Do, do you think Dracula is a fool, Big Al? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I never said that, Mr. Possum. I never said that. Do not let it get around that I said anything like, Vlad the Impaler is mankind's biggest fool. Or I'll get impaled. Mm, Yeah, you will, at the very least. The dude's called the Impaler. (laughs) No, Mr. Possum, 
See, I think uh, the biggest fool in history is this guy who went up against Vlad when he could have gotten out of the way. Now, what's that there in your hand, Mr. Possum? What do you got there? It's, it's a tape recorder, Big Al. Sometimes I record what you're saying, and then I go back and listen to it just to listen to all the foolish things you say. Now, why'd you pull out a tape recorder just now? And uh, what what did you, what what what'd you record? What it what? I got a little something. I mean, you know, just a little little snippet of foolery. Okay, let me hear what you recorded. Okay. Vlad the Impaler is mankind's biggest fool. Seems like you said that. So. Okay. Uh, I did not. That's that's out of context. Hit record again, and immediately after that, I will say, uh, is what I don't think, right? Okay, let's add that to the recording. That's gonna seem choppy, and Vlad knows choppy. You know, he Vlad the Impaler knows a little something about choppy choppy. So now you're telling me you're going to you're going to play this for Vlad the Impaler. I mean, if I'm backed against a wall, if he shows up. If Dracula shows up in my room at night and he wants my blood, I might try to bargain with him and say, hey, look, there's a guy who thinks you're a fool, and here's his tape. Now, that's only if he's got me backed against a corner, you know? Please delete that tape, Mr. Possum. Please delete it. I'm not sure I know how to. I just know, I just know this little red button. That's all yeah. I got. Well, you just got to rewind it and hit the red button. Just rewind no. it all the way and hit the mm. red button. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to Google how to do this, but for now, I'm just going to put this in my little special velvet-lined box next to my bed that says, use in case of Dracula threats. Just for safekeeping. Mr. Possum, who you got next? I'm going to talk about a man, a real man, uh, a real man from real history. His name is Toot Honkers. Uh, He was a train conductor back in the 1800s, Big Al. Now, back then... All the train conductors was wearing them floppy hats. Right. That had the blue and white stripe on them. It was like what all the train conductors was wearing. But two donkers didn't really care for that look. And he was like, I ain't wearing that. He's like the only guy who wouldn't wear the train conductor hat. Uh-huh. Well, anyways, they're on this train trip, and they're doing, like, all sorts of train stuff. They're on the tracks, and they're chug-chugging and choo-chooing all along and stuff. And they get pulled over by these train robbers. And they got all the conductors outside lined up against the trains. Uh Uh-huh. And all the other conductors, they take their wallets and their valuables and their bread, and they stow them away inside their floppy hats. Well, Honkers, dude, Honkers, he didn't have no hat. He didn't have a place to hide his stuff. So the robbers are like, give me all you got. And he was the only one who got robbed. And that's the story of Toot Honkers, the first man who was too cool for something. <laughs> the Big Howl and Possum Podcast. Toot toot.